shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. And I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. Hey, David Thomas. Hello. It's so Um, hard. I know, I almost felt like we should have some music like, dun, dun, <laughs> to introduce this stage. But it's not for you yet. It's really no. just for me right now. I know. It's so hard. So maybe my music will be dun, 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 and yours will be dun, 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 when we get to girls in stage three. Oh, that's so good. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I was thinking if you had to pick two words to describe yourself in stage three, what would they be? Oh, what a great question. Well, when I look back, we were looking at some old photos recently, we you were. and I. And when I look back. Wait, can we just say we were looking at them on a podcast tour? And if you're anywhere near a podcast tour ever, we're hoping to do some more. Come see us. It Please. was so fun. Oh, my goodness. We had a ridiculous amount of One fun. One of the most fun things we've ever done. Uh, it really was. Yes. yes. So okay. please come find us. Sidetracked. Well, when I was looking at those photos, <laughs> my first thought when I got to my middle school years was, oh, someone help that guy out, <laughs> poor fella. I was a late bloomer. We'll talk a little bit about progression of the onset of puberty here in a few minutes, but I was a late bloomer. So when I was in sixth grade, I looked a little more like I was in fourth grade. When I was in eighth grade, I looked like I was starting middle school. When I was a freshman in high school, I looked like I was in the wrong building and should still be in the middle school <laughs> building. So awkward, yeah. I think. What about you? It's funny. As we were starting to talk about this and I thought about asking you that question, I immediately realized. So the whole theory on the Enneagram, we're going to have a little Enneagram quick lesson about how your number can go in stress and security to other numbers. 
I think I was living in my stress number. Really? Yes. Because that whole one goes to four. And I have a friend who's a four who says it's like we're always in the wrong line. And I think I lived in that space as a middle schooler. I, I thought everyone else was closer to everyone else. You know, I just always felt a little on the outs. I literally remember sitting on the j- jungle gym thinking, maybe someday, maybe I'll have just a minute of being in the popular group. You know, just all those things that I think every girl goes through. Yeah. And yeah, awkward's a great word. I think I would say insecure and desperate is is how I Ugh. felt, which is awful. It's awful even saying that out loud, which is such a good reminder of what it felt like. And and parents who are listening, grandparents, aunts and uncles, teachers, counselors, it's so good for us to go back like this it because is. I think it just creates so much more compassion in us for them. Yes. It helped me to look at those photos, even oh, though it was painful. It, it helped me painful. to have so much more empathy for middle schoolers yes. thinking back on that season. Yeah. I mean, I was even thinking about how often I'll say to parents, if you can gently get to a place to talk with your girls about how desperation never goes over well, because talking about reciprocity a little bit last in our last episode that we did together, the idea of I hit the tennis ball and invite you over, and then I wait for you to hit the tennis ball ball and invite me back. You know, I think sometimes it's easy for girls in this stage to just hit and hit and hit and hit the ball. And so I'll encourage parents or I'll say to girls sometimes, you know, desperation just doesn't go over well. It makes kids push you away. But but I think it's so all of a sudden thinking about how desperate I was, it would make me say that differently. Yes. So when we can go back to those places and what it felt like in ourselves, I just think it we're going to connect so much better, more powerfully with the kids that we love. But you're here I am talking about the misery that is adolescence and and the boys aren't even there yet. This is a, a great picture of what we talked about on the front side of stage one of watching for evidence of where girls are going to outpace boys and about every thread of development with the exception of gross motor. And so as you hear us talking through these ages and stages, you are seeing a lot of evidence in stage three of where girls are really outpacing boys. And so Sissy is into the middle school years and boys, I'm talking about nine to 12 year old boys are still finishing out late elementary, moving into middle school. And so we're even going to talk about more of those differences as we talk about physical growth here in a few minutes. But should I jump in and talk a little bit yeah, about stage three do. boys? Let's just okay. enjoy ourselves while we can. Let's do. So I call this And I think man. we just need to stop every once in a while and acknowledge your cute cup from our favorite boutique in Nashville, Kay McCarthy. Kay McCarthy. Rise and shine and give God the glory. It's an Allie Chain cup. Let's just so say, fun. as we're talking about kids, we're just going to rise and shine yes, and give God the glory. we are. I love it. Okay. That's a great so that's reminder. There you go. Talk about these guys. There you go. And it's we're going to call these guys. This is the individual. This is boys roughly between 9 and 12. And I often call this the second set of formative years because think back on how much reading you may remember doing about how much brain development happens in the first 12 months of life. Yes in those early years. And there is so much emotional and social growth happening with boys in this space that I think we can't lean in far enough to all of what that means. And so, for example, the first thing that I would say about the individual is that he is searching. 
and he's searching primarily for masculinity and identity. So somewhere around nine to 10, a boy's brain begins to look deeply into what it means to be a man. And I have heard countless stories over the years of, you know, dads will say, I was in the bathroom shaving and he walked in to talk to me and just kind of stood there and was watching. He's more curious about how I tie a tie, how I shave, kind of all things about being a man are registering for him differently. And for some boys, I think for the first time that they're thinking more deeply in these categories. And so we're going to talk even more next episode about what that may mean in terms of his curiosity and how we can attend to that in some helpful and healthy ways. But just hold on to that for now. But I would say what's important to note about the identity piece of this searching is that he is thinking often when he's not even aware that he's doing it about his ranking in the pecking order. Mm. And I feel sure you're about to talk about a version of this with girls in a few minutes, but he can become consumed at times with his positioning in the social hierarchy. And, you know, this is a window where if I have a boy in my office who's say 10, 11, 12, and I were to ask him, Hey, tell me this, who is the most athletic guy in your grade? He can tell me right off the bat. Like there's no pausing, no thinking, no wondering, huh, I'm not sure who that is. He knows exactly who that is all the time. Or if I were to say, who's the funniest guy in your grade? He can tell me that too, because Mm -hmm. those are two categories that will elevate your social status often. You don't in this space, sadly, want to necessarily be the smartest guy Mm -hmm. or the most compliant guy or that we could fill in the blank with a lot of things. Exactly. And so those are the things that often in boy culture are going to elevate your status where he is then paying attention to that animated guy. Now, what I want to say, side note about that in terms of friendships, I have a lot of parents I consult with who get really concerned about their son's choices of friendships in this space and worry like he's not locked into what makes a great friend and he's pursuing the wrong kind of people. And I see a lot of boys in this space of development who do a lot of what I call chasing charismatic characters. Mm. And the best way I know to explain it is think for a minute, if you've ever been to see a comedy, maybe Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler starred in the movie, and you couldn't help but laugh hard every time that character came on the screen. Now, what that means is you just can't help but notice that character. They're the funniest character in the film. It doesn't mean you necessarily want to be that person. It doesn't even necessarily mean, you know, if you're a woman watching the movie, you want to marry that person or that you want that person to be your best friend. It simply means I kind of can't help but notice that person every time they're on the screen. And I think boys do a lot of being fascinated by, giving attention to, giving energy, giving a lot of relational energy to chasing those charismatic characters. And it makes parents concern like, what in the world are you going to choose in your long-term friends? You know, what kind of spouse are you going to choose someday? Like, is your is your um, barometer of choice off in some way? And so I really want you to hold on to that if you see any evidence of that. And again, oftentimes it's so connected to this searching for identity. It's like, if that person's friends with me, that elevates me in terms of my status. If I'm near them, if they're paying attention to me, if they're inviting me over, if I get to go to this birthday party, that's going to change something about the social hierarchy, I think, is what's going on. So mm-hmm. a lot of searching going on for boys is the first thing I'd say. 
David, I go to the dentist's office tomorrow, and I think they're going to notice a difference this visit. Have you been flossing? I always floss. What I'm doing different is using Bite Toothpaste, one of our sponsors. My teeth feel so clean. Me too. Now, it took a minute to get used to, but now I'll never go back to paste. Did you know you swallow 5 to 7% of toothpaste every single time you brush your teeth? That's an entire blob of toothpaste every seven days. Well, aren't you full of fascinating <laughs> trivia? I am, but hold on, I'm not done. Most commercial toothpastes are filled with harsh chemicals, artificial flavors, and preservatives, not stuff you'd want to be putting in your mouth, let alone eating. That's why Bite makes dry toothpaste tablets made with clean ingredients that are sulfate-free, palm oil-free, and glycerin-free. Bite toothpaste bits are so convenient, you just pop a bit in your mouth, chew it up, and start brushing. It will turn to paste just like you're used to, but no plastic tube or messy paste. That plastic tube gets gross. All that goop around the cap. David, you no longer need to worry about that. They come in refillable glass jars and they send refills in compostable pouches. So they're better for our bodies and our earth. No more plastic toothpaste tubes. Sissy Bites makes plastic-free alternatives for everything on your bathroom sink, from toothpaste, mouthwash, toothbrushes, and deodorant, so you can cut out the harsh chemicals and plastic waste without compromise. Bite is offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to trybite.com slash RBG or use code RBG at checkout to claim this deal. That's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash RBG. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where did you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. <laughs> from pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? <laughs> a lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. 
Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high-quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater child care needs in the summer, and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny, and as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. The second thing that I would say is that he is also evolving. He's growing. He's changing. Now, I mentioned the big difference between boys and girls. What I also want to highlight is this stretch of development is where I see the most difference within boys. So, for example, I sit with 11-year-old boys who are still really into Legos, who still sleep with stuffed animals, who still want to hold hands with their parents sometimes when they're watching movies, you know, like things that we would consider more boy play or maybe more, yes, and their aunts, more stage two type things. And then I see 11-year-old boys who are starting to be curious about the opposite sex and want to have a girlfriend. And so I don't want you to be concerned. I have parents ask me the question a lot, like, is he behind? Should I be worried? I'm like, no, he's not behind. We don't want to rush any boy into adolescence before his time. Like, 
let him be a part of boy play for as long as he wants to. And so that's 100% normal. And we are also going to see evidence of that. I hear parents talk about this all the time. There's some boys in his grade who already have, you know, hair growing on their lips and in different parts of their body, and they've clearly stepped into puberty. And plenty of other boys, you heard me say a few minutes ago, that was my story. I was a late bloomer. And most pediatricians will say that girls are going to trend in the direction of their moms. Boys are going to trend in the direction of their dads. So dads, if you started into puberty early, there's a greater likelihood, not a guarantee, that he will. Moms, if you had your period earlier, there's a greater likelihood of that possibility for your daughters. And so what pediatricians would also say is kind of the peak growth spurt for a boy is on average 13 to 14. And he's going to have growth spurts all throughout development, but that's like a peak point. Whereas for girls, it's more 11 to 12. Mm-hmm. So it's why when we were looking back at those pictures, I started laughing so hard at one of my, I think it's one of my first school dances when I was in sixth grade. And it was in the fall and it was kind of a fall theme and they had hay bales. Uh-huh. And the guy would stand behind the hay bale. The girl would sit on the hay bale for the picture at the dance. And my date was racing ahead in terms of the onset of puberty and hype. And I was not in the ballpark of that. And they sat her down on the hay bale and I stood behind her and we were almost the same height. (laughs) And that was heartbreaking for me looking back. But if we were to walk into any fifth and sixth grade classroom across the globe, we're going to see a lot of girls ahead taller than boys. And so again, not just ahead in physical growth, ahead in emotional growth, Mm -hmm. ahead in social growth. So you're about to hear Sissy speak to a whole different stretch of development in in terms of what's happening with girls in this space. But I would say for boys, searching and evolving would be the two things. Mm. What about girls? Mm. Dun, dun, dun. That is right. Yes. I'd (laughs) rather not go go there. I I was thinking as you were talking about chasing, say it again, chasing charismatic Charismatic characters. characters. I was thinking with girls, we could just say panting after popularity. Oh, there you are. So true and and so much of it is about i don't like who i am in this season of life so i'm going to find the person that looks like they like who they are yes and that's who i'm going to chase and or pant after maybe more accurately describing it but but we're going to call these for girls the narcissistic years and Somewhere between 11, 14, 15. The great news is the earlier they start, I think the earlier they emerge from it, the later they start, the later they emerge. Most girls are emerging by junior year, which feels like a really long time. But I think to know that they're all going to pass through it can help you know as a parent, this doesn't mean your child now has narcissistic personality disorder. They all are thinking about themselves pretty continually because they're individuating. To become their own people, they have to think about who they're becoming, if that makes sense, which is just such a hard transition. And like we've talked about a million times with parents, it feels like it happens overnight. And so this little girl that didn't mind being seen with you at the mall, all of a sudden you wake up one day and not only is she a monster to live with in terms of grumpiness and sullenness and irritability and anger and all of those things, one of my favorite quotes is a, a mom who's her daughter came to her in seventh grade and said, mom, I think I might be bipolar. And she said, 
oh, honey, there's no way you're bipolar. You're never that happy. (laughs) (laughs) So in the ups and downs, they're going to have a lot of them, mostly downs in this window. And they're going to be thinking about themselves. Again, it's normal for all of them. And so for you to know that it's going to feel, that shift is going to feel so significant and jolting and to be honest, painful, that it's going to be a part of what they have to go through. We're going to come back to that idea in just a minute. But if we were going to think about two things she is, we got to go back to relational because she is that always. And it has shifted from wanting the little friend to give a necklace to to panning after popularity and to wanting to be a part of a group. She wants a group to define herself by. And the, gosh, the language I have heard over the years defining groups. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard a girl talk about who the most athletic is or who the funniest is, but they know who the most popular is. They also know who the nerdiest is. They know who the best cheerleader is. Whatever defines the different groups, they know who's at the center of those groups. And can mm-hmm. I will often have girls in my office draw a friendship map that kind of shows me who's connected to who and just to get a sense of what their relational dynamics are like. And and I I think I've said this in the last few months on this podcast, but I need to say here because it is, girls are in their most ruthless window at this point. And I have never seen girls as ruthless as I am in this day and time. And so I think we need to talk about that. We need to be aware of that with them. We need to help navigate it with them. We need to, sometimes when they don't have a best friend, it's okay for you to step in and and lean in more in ways that you can enjoy her as much as possible, which is harder in this season than any other time. But they're going to be relational. And, and part of what's happening is they are what we would consider nearsighted, where they're very aware of themselves, but they're not very aware of other people. And so, you know, that I love Wicked is one of my favorite Broadway plays and the song Popular. I mean, Kristen Chenoweth in that song, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. She thinks she is doing such a beautiful job of helping when in fact she's really hurting. And I have heard that conversation so many times in my office of, well, we told Chloe that she didn't have any friends because she dresses really weird. I mean, somebody needed to tell her and they just ripped Chloe in half in the, under the guise of trying to help her. And, and so they're very, they're aware of how people impact them, but they're not aware of how they impact others. And in this window, I think because it's so hard, because they're unaware socially so much of the time, they need as much practice as we can get them. Not only practice, but they need a safe group of peers, of other kids who are going to be kind to them, who are cheering them on, who are reminding them of the truth of who they are. And so youth group may be where you find that. It may be on a sports team. It may be in some kind of art class. It may be in theater. It may be in a counseling group, if that's what you have to do. But she needs a group of safe kids in this window. She needs to be figuring out who she is in the company of other kids that are doing the same things in healthy and appropriate ways. And and with the guidance of I was going to say a grown-up. I think it could be an older kid, a high school kid that you trust that has a different voice than yours because she's going to hear those voices louder. We talk so much about how in adolescence, the voices of their parents gets quieter and the voices of their peers get louder. And so thinking about how can you help her find that? Okay, she's going to be 
We need to talk about relationships in real time, which is what we're talking about now. But we we can't talk about this stage and not talk about social media and technology because she is going to be clamoring for it here. Most girls I know are clamoring for it in this window. And so a few big picture ideas. One is I think you want to have a group of like-minded parents that you're journeying together. So when she says everyone else has, which she will at some point say that, then you know you have two or three other sets of parents who have not done that yet, that y'all are deciding together we're going to let them, I mean, really anything technology-related, get their first email address, get their first iPad, get their first smartphone, get their get on social media, whatever platform we're going to agree to. So when they say that, that you can say, oh, well, actually, I talked to Allison's mom yesterday and Caitlin's mom the day before, and we're all on the same page. And so we kind of dispute their theories quickly. So to have other parents that are on the same page as you, you want to have conversations with them about social media. It's one of the best things we can do to set them up for success is to talk about, okay, we're going to let you have your first phone. We're going to let you get on Instagram. Now you tell me, what do you think are going to be the hard parts of being on Instagram? And you tell me when you see, when I let you on Snapchat and you see the first snap bubble where all your friends are together and you weren't invited, tell me how you're going to handle it. Let's talk through that so that they're prepared. So they're aware that those things are going to happen. And so you can help them work through it before they even get there. And I think we also would say you, y'all might, we, we talk about this all the time, but I think we can't say it enough that you don't want your kids to be the first to have every technology advancement, but you don't want them to be the last because if they're the last, they're often going to sneak their way to it. And our job is to teach them responsible technology use while they live under our roofs so we can help them work through it when they blow it and they will blow it. And so we are big advocates of be the next to last. Literally pay attention to your kid's class. And when everybody, when it feels like, okay, I think almost everybody has blank then it's time to talk about having it and have a lot of conversations with them about it. And when you do, we want you to make sure that you're plugged into some places like VARC, Teen Safe, to have a, a hub that's the circle, to have some things, an RO box. There are a lot of great resources out there that can help you keep your eyes on them because we have got to keep our eyes on them. A whole lot in the beginning and then less and less not just as they get older, but as they prove themselves responsible with it. You let the rope out gradually and pull it back when they mess up. So we want to think about real-time relationships and social media relationships because they're going to be really not only interacting in those places, but they're going to be figuring out who they are and trying on different personalities and different types of friends. And, and we want them to do that with a lot of support from us in as much open dialogue as we can possibly have. And in our next episode, where it's just the two of us, we'll talk about how. Okay, Sissy, we have a brand new year in front of us, and it's time for some new goals. What are some of yours, David? Stop eating cake for breakfast <laughs> and exercise more. What about you? Drink more water and simplify things. Those are great goals. Guess who's helping me with that goal? Every plate. Get every plate and take back your time with fewer trips to the grocery store and meals ready in six simple steps. Save even more time with quick and easy recipes, including easy cleanup options and ready in 30 minutes or less. 
They plan the meals and deliver pre-portioned ingredients right to your door so you can spend less time meal prepping and more time reaching your New Year's goals. In 2024, resolve to stop stressing over what's for dinner. Every plate provides plenty of delicious variety with more than 25 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week. So it's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying for every meal of the day. Like breakfast 24 (laughs) seven, 15 minute or less meals, feel good food and big batch fakes. Plus add even more delicious options to your order with over 25 convenient sides breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. I thought you were just saying you would get to have breakfast 24-7. I bet you're thrilled that's an option. I am thrilled. David's dream. So if you're looking to budget your food expenses in the new year, save big and eat great with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Their meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal, so ditch the takeout to save money while still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. They're the easiest way to eat affordably. Put the money you save toward making 2024 plans. What have you made recently that you loved? I just made a bacon and Gouda smothered chicken. It was amazing. It sounds amazing. I made Mediterranean steak and hummus bowls. Every plate is helping me trick people into thinking I know what I'm doing in the kitchen. <laughs> it's so easy and affordable. Get a meal for $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49RBG. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem a dollar steak. Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49RBG. That's up to $110 value. That's one. Okay. So she is relational. Oh, it's so hard for me to pick another thing that she is because there's so many I want to talk about. One is certainly that she's insecure, but I think where I want to stop over for longer because that insecurity is going to be pervasive for all of them. And we know that based on puberty, all the things that are changing in her. I read a study years ago that we have quoted a million times that talks about how when something goes wrong in a girl's, in a boy's world, he blames someone else. When something goes wrong in a girl's world, she blames herself. That's going to be a piece of it too. And out of all of that insecurity, she doesn't know what to do with it. The voice, the self-critical voice, she has no idea where to go with that. And so it's going to come out at you. And the things that she feels about herself, she's going to say are true about you. It's all going to be displaced onto you and who you are in relationship to her, who you are as a mom or as a dad, all of those things. And it's just not true. It's not true even in how she feels in the moment. And when you can go back to this is not how she feels about me, it's how she feels about herself. Again, I think it can take us back to what we were talking about earlier, more compassion with them. So she is going to be deeply ambivalent in these years. She's got a foot in childhood. She's got a foot in adulthood. She's more confused than you are about it. And so she's going to be saying, come close, get away. Come close, get away. Over and over. Would you bring me a glass of water when I go to bed tonight? Which really means I wish that you could still tuck me in, but I'm too cool for that. I'm too old for that to be cool anymore. So bring me a glass of water. You're going to take her a glass of water and she's going to say, why did you wear that to the basketball game? Or why did you talk to me in front of my friends today? You embarrassed me so badly. And you're going to have whiplash thinking, what in the world is going on? 
what's going on is she's individuating. She's becoming her own person. Moms, the thing I want you to hear me say the most is she's going to be most ambivalent with you. And up to this point, she has, you have been the person she's most closely identified herself with. And so it's a little bit like a pendulum. And to become her own person, she's going to kick off of you the hardest to swing out, to find herself. She'll come back, but she's going to have to kick off of you the hardest. When she does, it is going to be really painful. And you are grown up little girls. And so when that happens, you're going to think, it was me. What have I done? How did I cause this? How did I fail her so terribly that she hates me this much? Instead, I want you to think, sissy told me this was going to happen. It has to happen for her to become her own person, to individuate. And so when that process takes place, I want you to stay steady. We're going to talk about what you can do next time too in those moments. But I want you to stay steady as much as you possibly can. And dad, you're not off the hook. She's going to do it with you too. And you're going to go one day to hug this little girl who would crawl up in your lap and watch a show. And she's going to stiff arm you. She's going to be really awkward. And it's honestly because she is in a window of her development where she feels really awkward with boys. And it's the first time that it's occurred to her that's what you are. And so you're going to feel the weirdness from her. Press in even more. Take her to get donuts on Saturday mornings. Take her to get coffee on the way to school. She needs relationship with you. She needs you to enjoy her, to invest in her to speak words to remind her who she is, even when it feels hard to find. Because that ambivalence, again, is more a reflection of how she feels about herself than either one of you. And she needs you, even when she's pushing off, to be stronger and steady and to give her a whole lot of love. Consequences, too, when she needs them, because she will need those as well. But she really is longing for you to remind her of the truth of who she is in a really great way because she doesn't see it in this window. That's so good. That's so hard. It it's is so hard so to hard. talk about, but it's even harder it's to live so through. it's so needed. I forgot to say, okay, if you're in this window with your girls, I want you to go and put in the search engine, always like a girl. There's an ad that was part of a Super Bowl campaign years ago that that reflects, I think, what it feels like to be a girl in this time more than anything I've probably ever seen. And I want you not only to watch it, I want you to watch it with her. And I want you to talk about what it feels like to be in this stage. And if she won't tell you what it feels like for her, she might tell you about what it feels like for her friends. Okay, you got so some good. practical. Let's, let's go back to those sweet boys, or at least something practical we can do when things feel so hard. Years ago, I did a podcast on the stages of boy development, and the interviewer asked me, like, when is a stage three boy at his best? Mm. And then he asked, when is a stage four boy at his best? So you're going to have to come back for the stage four episode, <laughs> and I'll tell you that. But my answer for stage three boys was that he's at his best when he is outdoors and unplugged. Mm. I think boys have the capacity to be the best of who they are when they're outdoors playing, running, being active, doing a sport, all those things, and unplug from technology. You know, I hear the opposite story there of, you know, parents who go to tell their son, okay, you've been in long enough, your time's up, and he kind of turns into an animal in those moments. And so it's part of why 
we've talked so much about just about setting healthy screen time limits so that boys can be a better version of who they are. What would you say Mm, is a takeaway? So good. I think my takeaway really for this stage for parents is I want you to have a processing partner. It's great. I want you to have somebody, your spouse, a friend that you can walk with regularly, or if you need to go see a counselor. We have certainly been this for a lot of parents of teenagers over the years, that you have somebody that you can go to and say, I don't like my child. And maybe that's not true for you. And if that's not true, that's a beautiful thing. But if it is true, you need somebody in your life that you can say that to, that trusts you, that believes in you, that you don't have to feel shame in front of, and to know that can remind you that this really is a normal stopover in development. And truth be told, I wasn't likable, were you? Not at all. I was awful to my mom and dad. Yes. Awful. And so to have somebody you can go to and process that is going to be a game changer in your relationship, not with them, but with your teenagers. Because when we're not processing those emotions, that frustration, the fear is going to find its way out and often onto them in ways that we get more controlling, that we get angry right back, that are even what we're missing, who we're missing that they were in the last stage, all of that is going to spill over into our needs even with them in a way that's going to be hard on our relationship. And so you need somebody you can process with and say all the things because you will likely have a lot of things to say. And there are beautiful parts of this season and you want to share that too. But I think more than that, you need somebody who just reminds you that they're not alone. And and truth be told, we sure hope we're getting to do that too. Yes. And we're honored to be one of those voices in your life. And you are not alone. Everything you're feeling is normal. And we are grateful to get to be reminders of that. Yes. Cheering you on. Did you love today's episode? If so, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Send a quick text or email with the link to the show. Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls. 